This is the Making Millionaires Podcast, a realistic, no BS approach to effective and profitable investing. Everything from options trading to real estate. Once I'm done with you, you'll be itching to tell your boss to take a hike. Oh, yeah. I'm going to get in your face about the real way to make money and change your family tree. It's time to start thinking like a winner. So buckle up, sugar cup. It's about to get real. Hey, what's up, y'all? This is Andrew with the Options Millionaire Community. Thanks for listening to Making Millionaires Podcast. If you're looking to change your family tree and create some generational wealth, or at least learn how to create some generational wealth, then you are in the right place. I definitely can't make you do it, but I can lead you to the water, and hopefully you will drink. So what are we going to talk about today? I've got a couple of different things on my list on which to discuss and go over. And one thing really stuck out, especially with the volatility we've had in 2022, the crazy swings, uh, the 100-point moves on SPX, which are coming co- becoming commonplaces to the point where we don't even like exclaim 100-point day anymore. It's just kind of like, oh, well, you know, SPX has put 100 points on the board, so be it. So in the midst of this volatility, what am I going to talk about today? Over-trading. It's something we're all guilty of, especially uh, the, in the infancy of your trading career, you're definitely guilty of over-trading. And as you mature as a trader, as you grow a little bit, you realize, hey, I need to stop doing this. And you kind of pull back a little bit, hopefully, unless you're uh, just not reaching profitability. But definitely, as, as I've grown as a trader, as I've matured, I've definitely put over-trading on my watch list so I can make sure I'm not doing it uh, because it's very, very easy to do. So we're going to discuss what is over-trading, how to avoid it, how to overcome it and what the implications are when you actually do it. Because I think uh, it's as simple as just not trading so much because the majority of your losses, I would say, are due to overtrading, trying to force a trade. So you all know that I'm a pilot. <laughs> it's a big joke in the community. Uh, you know, I kind of make that joke as, how do you know a pilot's a pilot? Well, he'll tell you, he'll tell you, and that's definitely the case. So back when I first got this job, high-flying military pilot, 1,000 miles an hour, blowing stuff up, and yeah, flying the jet's absolutely freaking awesome. You know, it's amazing flying in the air and, and having control of an aircraft. But I think all military personnel, especially military pilots, they yearn for the action, the dropping bombs, the shooting guns, all that kind of stuff. That's the action that we strive. So when you first get a pilot, a pilot job, you know, that's what you're looking to do. When, when can I fire? When can I drop a bomb? When can I fire a missile? Uh, when can we go on an attack? And I was told very on in my career, 90% of the job is ISR, intelligence, surveillance, reconnaissance. It's flying around. It's plotting points. It's gathering intel. Uh, it's doing oversight, overwatch, all that stuff for the guys on the ground. And then the 10%, we actually get to pull the trigger. And it's kind of deflating at the time. I was like, oh man, you know, we don't get to, we don't get to run and gun all the time. It's not just, you know, firing off missiles every day. But eventually I, I came to respect it. I came to really enjoy it because it makes the refining, it makes the sharpening that axe that much better because you know, you're training, you're preparing, you're getting all the intel down, you're monitoring the conditions, the 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 particular atmosphere that you're in. You're narrowing things down. There's the enemy. You're observing the enemy's movement. Where's the enemy going? You're figuring out the enemy's location, their, uh, your, their POL, pattern of life. You're figuring all this stuff out. Where are they going? And then you actually determine, you put together a game plan, and then you execute and you prosecute the enemy. It's the same exact thing with trading. 90% of the game with trading needs to be waiting, waiting. So what happens when you start over trading? You want, you desire to catch every single candle, whereas you need to be waiting. And waiting 
isn't ineffective. There's a difference between being patient and being inefficient or missing opportunities. If you're missing opportunities, that's not the same thing as waiting and being patient. And it all has to dive into developing a system. That's kind of a couple of things we're going to be talking about. But first, we're going to define what is actually is overtrading. And overtrading is trying to catch every single candle. Overtrading means you're sitting at your desk the entire day, market open to market close, and you're sitting in front of your computer and you're trying to catch every single candle, every single swing, every little fluctuation, every little 10-point fluctuation between levels. If you see any green, you're like, oh man, I missed out on calls. I missed out on the upside. I got to get in. Every little downside, every little red, like, oh man, I, I got missed out on puts. I got to short this. I got to get down. And that's not the case. There are times to wait and there are times to play. And then there's different environments for every for every day. You know, there, there's trend days, there's reversal days, there's down days, there's chop days, there's sideways days. And those are the days you really have to decipher which days to play and which day not to play. And then on top of all that, on top of that nice little thick sandwich, you got to throw in volatility, the VIX. If the volatility is very high, you're going to have 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 point swings and chop and then 100 point trend days, 110 point trend days. So that's the stuff you have to really tie down and figure out when is the time to pull the trigger and when the time to jump in the market. But the first big thing is what we just discussed is you do not have to catch every single move. If you are a new trader, I guarantee you uh, one to two trades a day is the most you need to be doing. If you're doing 15, 20 trades a day, it's too much. Yeah, you might be squeezing out one to 3% per trade. You may get lucky and win all of them most of the time, but most of the time you are over trading. And here's one of the symptoms to determine whether or not you are over trading. Are you constantly fighting break even? What do I mean by that? I mean, you enter a position and constantly, constantly, it seems that the position never goes green. It just barely breaks even, goes back red. And then it goes red a lot, maybe 10, 15%, just to see the, the price climb. It touches your break even. You see break even. You see the price, the zero, the white zero, and then it flips back. It goes from red, and you see the white zero, and then it flips back to green. And you're like, oh man, all right, I'm finally going to get the breakout. And then boom, it retraces right back into red and just does that over and over until eventually the pattern exhausts and it breaks down against you, and now you're in the red big time. And you're, you're, you think it's paranormal. The market's against me. Why did I have to enter? Why is my cost average right at break even? Why do I keep saying the break even flip over just for it to go against me? It's because you overtraded. You stuck in a trade where it doesn't need to be. You are you either went long at a resistance or you went short at a support or right around a chop zone where you don't need to be playing, where the the price is just chopping around. And that's just one of the symptoms. If you're constantly fighting break even, if your losses are much bigger than your wins, then you are over trading. And that does get us into a technical conversation, which we're not really going to talk about too much today. You know, it's getting into learning the charts, learning the pivots, learning the different levels that we teach, and kind of figuring out what's a support, what's a pivot, what's a demand zone, what's a supply zone, and all that stuff. And you know, that's great for the education. But you know, in terms of the overtrading part of it, you really have to focus on trading at the levels and waiting for the proper setup instead of just, oh, well, there's some red. I'm going to go long because I think it's going to bounce. Well, no, nah, it's not. It's not. That's not how it works. Or you know, there's a bunch of green. I think it's going to come back down. I'm going to short it. That's just not how it works. And the second symptom of overtrading is that you're you're taking a lot of losses, and the losses start overcoming your wins. Uh, your your win your losses are much bigger than your average wins. Whereas you're constantly fighting yourself, like you, you, when you do take wins, they are, you know, maybe 10%, maybe even 20%, but your losses are constantly getting down 15, 20, 30%, or you're having to, you're having to face big drawdowns before you can even get positive every single time. It's like, oh, well, I have to, I have to sit through a bunch of red before I actually even get green. That means you're over trading. A little red's okay. Like, a, in fact, most of my positions turn red at least once 
but it's not that much. Like I just let it go 10, 15%, maybe 5%, 3%, and then boom, I'm back in the green. I'm off to the races. Uh, but if you are in a position and you constantly have to fight big red before you even see green, that's another sign you're overtrading because once again, you're putting trades in where they don't need to be. And it's an easy trap to get into. You know, we all want to make money. We all want to sit here and be the big, uh, you know, the big Jordan Belfort's just chopping up the market and chopping up the charts and making in all that money. Uh, but it's really not, it's not practical and it's not realistic that you're going to, you're going to smoke a hundred trades a day and make money because the market's a little too unpredictable. And then it's going to kind of play with your emotions because you're going to start losing. You're going to start second guessing yourself and you're not going to want to get in the charts. So what are some ways you can overcome over trading? The first one is to have a plan in place. In the morning time, have a plan in place. And I don't mean bullish or bearish because we know that the market can flip on an edge. But I mean, like, at certain levels, what are you going to do? If you see this, what are you going to do? It's like an if-and statement. Uh, if I see this, this is what I'm going to do. If I hit this amount of profits, then I'm going to stop. If I hit this amount of trades, I'm going to stop. If I take a big loss, I'm going to stop. That type of thing. Have a plan in place. Write it down. Don't just think about it because you'll switch it. You'll flip it on, on its head right when you want to. So write it down. Have a plan in place. If I do this, this is going to happen. If I see the price at this level, I'm going long. If I see the price at this level, I'm going to go short. If I see the VIX do this, I'm going to go long, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Have a plan in place, a thesis. Trade your thesis, and I promise you that I'll kind of reduce the, the noise in your head, the noise, because you get that noise in your head of, man, I got to do this. I got to, especially, and you know, on top of all of this, we're in an online community, an online investing community, and that that could make things worse because you're in an online community and everyone's posting, I won, big win, 120% win, blah, blah, blah. And then you kind of get that FOMO creeping and you you, you got to take a trade. You just got in there. Uh, you want you want that dopamine hit of, of taking a trade and it's just not good. So you really got to keep a cage on things and have a plan in place. If you just kind of go by the by the seam of your hip, then uh, you're, you're, you're going to start taking some crazy small losses. Another one, and this kind of goes for the newer traders, the noob traders. Uh, I would say if you are a new trader, you're kind of getting on the scene, or you're still taking a lot of losses, or you're not quite matured yet, you need to cut the amount of downside positions in half. Uh, any kind of puts or short positions, you need to cut those in half. Uh, that right there will cut out a lot of the losses because everybody wants to play the downside as much as, as the upside. They want to short the market and come down when this is a, a bullish market. In fact, I mean, even in bearish markets, the market still doesn't want a straight fall. It bounces randomly. Uh, it bounces hard. Some of the strongest bull runs in history are during a bear market. So one of the ways to cut to cut out over trading is to cut the amount of downside positions in half that you are playing. Stop playing puts as much. Stop shorting the market as much, and just wait for your long setups. And I promise you that'll only that'll not only reduce the amount that you trade and lose, but it'll also reduce the amount of stress and the pressure you put on yourself to make a trade because you'd be like, okay, well I'm just going to wait for the red to shake out, and I'm going to go long, especially. By the way, if you're trading futures, it's a beautiful way to make some money because all you got to do is wait. And if you're wrong, you just wait a little bit longer because there's no there's no decay on futures. You can wait a little bit longer, and you'll get that you'll you'll get the red eventually, or you get the green eventually. So stop playing downside positions. And the last thing to stop over trading is to have goals in place. So the first one is have a plan, an executable, actionable, indefinable plan. The last one is have goals in place. Have goals. And I don't mean a PL goal because having a profit goal isn't the best way to go because you're going to start trading off your PL and not off of your thesis. But have a goal in place. What did you learn? What did you execute? 
uh, in terms of, all right, I want to get this, this, and this. I want to identify these things. I want to use my ADMA. I want to use my, the, I want to use OM's SR levels. I want to use my own SR levels, whatever it is. Have a plan in place. I have a goal. Um, I can define it and execute it and then analyze it. At the end of the day, you could say, all right, these were my goals, and this is what I did right. This is what I did wrong. I failed these goals. I achieved these goals. And a big one that we all talk about in our Discord, which is not a lot of other Discords talk about, is time frame. Time frame. I'm not going to talk about certain time frames because there's a little bit of proprietary information in that that we talk about in the Discord. But time frames are huge. And I don't see very many people talk about it, especially in Discord. They're all talking about indicators, They're all talking about the ADMA. You got to play this, you got to play the RSI. But they don't talk about time frames. And there's a lot more to that conversation. But in the world of overtrading, uh, you want to limit yourself to certain times of the day. And I think we all know there's, there's a time in the morning, there's a time in the afternoon, and there's a time right before close. That are the absolute best times to trade before and after that, before and after those times, no bueno, no bueno. So limit yourself to a couple of certain time frames where the volume and the volatility is the highest, where you can throw in some plays and make a little money that's a little more predictable on certain levels. The little midday chop that kind of chops in a very tight range, it's kind of hard to define. That's the stuff you need to avoid because you will get chopped up and that's where you want to take positions all the time and you'll get wrecked. So avoid those particular time frames and only stick to a few certain time frames, whatever you are comfortable with, and that alone will help you reduce the amount of trades. And then of course, think long-term. Last but not least, think long-term. And that's the name of the game. Even as a day trader, even as a scalper, you want to think long-term. Track your progress, track your logs, so you see the big picture. That way, if you're on a nice little win streak and you take a couple of small losses, you're not going to be devastated. Everyone gets so wrapped up in emotions. Oh, I had a terrible day. I took four losses. I have no idea what I'm doing anymore. It's like, no, bro. You know, everyone takes losses. Everyone takes, you know, goes through a spurt of they just they can't read the particular day's action. I mean, heck, yet two days ago was a 110-point trend up day, and I didn't take but two positions because it was just a little wonky. You don't have to catch every trend day. You don't have to chop up every chop day. You don't have to take a thousand trades a day. You don't have to be Jordan Belfort every single day. So cut yourself some slack and pressure. Create a trade log. Think long term so you can see the big picture. You don't miss the forest for the trees. Think long term down the road so you can see your profits grow. If I do this, this, and this, if I execute this, this, and this, my account will grow. And then over three, four, five, six months, you'll see your trade log. It's like, holy crap, I made. 10% last month, 15% this month, 16% this month, 4% last month, 8% this month. And then all of a sudden, boom, your balance goes, grows and grows. And in a year, holy crap, I thought I was a crappy trader, but I've grown my account 110% in the past 12 months, like that kind of thing. So if you think long-term and stop thinking about your daily crap, and that's what aggravates the freaking crap out of me with this whole FOMO, immature, childish investing retail crap is that everybody tries to get rich in one day with the stupid AMC GameStop nonsense. Even now, on Twitter, uh, two and a half years after the stupid squeeze of GameStop, we're talking about a AMC. And people are like, oh, FOMO, I've got my life savings in AMC because it's going to squeeze to 500. It's like, no, it's not. No, it's not. It's a freaking AMC. No one goes to the movies anymore and pays $38 a ticket to, to eat stale popcorn. It doesn't do it anymore. Yeah, but the retail owns 90% of float. Whatever, bro. Go back and eat your mom's meatloaf in her basement because AMC is not going to 500. So all these crazy, stupid investing practices for the retail trader is nonsense. If you think slow and steady wins the race, tortoise in the hare, you think long-term, you'll start bringing that FOMO out. So cut out the internet noise, cut out the nonsense of get rich quick and think long-term. And I promise you, 
this stuff will start to grow. This stuff will start to click and you'll, you'll reduce the pressure on yourself. That's the thing. We put so much pressure on ourselves because everybody wants to be the big dog. Everybody wants to be the influencer wherever he's making a crazy amount of money. Uh, and it's just not there. You know, you, slow and steady wins the race. Little by little, grind the axe. What did Abraham Lincoln say? Give me six hours to cut down a tree and I'll spend the first five sharpening the axe. That's what it is. It's about sharpening that axe. It's about grinding. It's about going long-term, doing the work. This is not for the lazy. This is not for the weak. This is not for the emotional. You have to be strong. You have to be resilient. You have to be steadfast. As with all things great in life, you have to work hard. Otherwise, the market will chew you up and spit you out. And you'll be that guy at the bar in a couple of years. Be like, hey, man, tossing one back with the buddies. Remember when we used to trade? Yeah, that was a good time. That was crazy, man. Or you could be the guy with a giant house on the hill after 50 years, and you've got $4.8 million in the bank because you invested properly. You invested long-term. You invested in real estate. You traded properly with small position sizes over the course of 30, 40, 50 years. You've learned from myself and vet. You learn from all the things that we've taught you how to implement safe, practical, and realistic investing practices. So... Overtrading. Stop doing it. Stop doing it. It's as simple as that. Anyway, I'll go ahead and get off my soapbox, y'all. That is going to be it for this episode. Thanks for listening to the Making Millionaires podcast. Come out and check the Discord, man. Awesome place. We are growing like crazy because people desire. They have a, they have a huge desire to learn from a group and from a community that is realistic. It's not a bunch of nonsense. Nor do we put up with nonsense. We don't allow the typical internet troll crap where we call each other names and, and a bunch of garbage. We treat each other professionally. We like to have fun at the same time, and we work hard. So come join us. Check us out. Options Millionaire Discord. If you haven't already, follow me on YouTube, the Options Millionaire YouTube channel. A lot of great investing resources to learn how to do all this stuff and all the practices that we teach. You could learn about them and put them in place there. But until next time, I'm going to leave you with this. The only thing keeping you from achieving financial greatness is your desire to be better. I'm Andrew with the Options Planner community. I'm out.